Well, good Monday afternoon, everybody. How are you doing? This is your boy, Shane Amada. You're listening to the Halliburton Podcast. How are you guys doing today? Doing good? Hopefully, or maybe not so good. Well, you can necessarily hear how you feel because this is a podcast, but I can only tell you how I feel. Um, I'm feeling blah. Uh, My allergies were messing up this weekend. Um, Unfortunately, it stopped me from getting good good rest last night. Had to get up uh, around about 5 o'clock in the morning to take allergy medicine, which I really kind of hate taking allergy medicine. I take a non-drowsy Clarentin, but for some reason it makes me, like, you know, pretty drowsy. Um, It gets in the way of my workouts. Um, It kind of hinders me when I'm at work. But unfortunately, it helps me sleep and, you know, feel a little bit better, so... Can't wait till this pollen season is over because, yeah, it's kind of beating my butt right now. As a matter of fact, as I, as I talk to you guys right now, my nostril is clogged up and I barely could taste my breakfast, so yeah. But physically, I feel fine. I'm not sick or anything. Um, today, I decided to skip the gym because after I have work later. But um, so I'm going to do a, you know, a few push-ups and you know some stuff here at the house just to keep my body warmed up. Um, you know, because you got to work out. If you don't work out for yourself, you got to work out for the haters because those haters hate the way you look in your clothes. <laughs> but anyway, guys, um, I'm not going to keep you very long today. I'm going to be talking about this show, Bad Boys of L.A., season six. Um, if you guys have been listening to my podcast, I review this show. Um, unfortunately, being I'm a federal employee, like it's almost hard for me to keep up with other shows, but you know, I'm pretty consistent with watching this one, so that's why I talk about it the most. But anyway, we're gonna go ahead and get into um, Bad Boys of LA season six. Um, in the first uh, scene of the show, you see Carry On talking to Rel about about uh, Milan. Um, Rel tells Carrion they need to stop with the low blows. Now this is coming from the last episode where Carrion and Milan went at it because um, Milan was trying to figure out how they can get their rap song saved on this uh, Pro Tools uh, equipment. And, you know, recording equipment and carry on, you know, has experience working with music and things like that, but he wasn't familiar with this particular program. And he said that he was going to YouTube it to, um, you know, try to figure out how to save it, being that their engineer just up and left. Um, so, but so, you know, this episode shows where, you know, Milan, I mean, well, Rail is trying to, you know, tell them, like, okay, you guys need to stop with all the low blows because there was a lot of low blows in the last uh, episode. Um, also, Rel consoles Milan and hugs Milan as uh, Milan walks away. Um, right after Rel talks with Kenyon, he goes and talks with Milan, and Milan is just still pissed about, you know, the things that Kenyon uh, said to him, and, you know, he's feeling like, you know, I tried to be your friend, I tried to take up for you when people were trying to bully you and back you into the corner about your sexuality, and here you are, you know, the main one talking bad about me and saying all this mean stuff. Um, uh, Curtis, uh, third scene of the show, Curtis uh, talked with Carrion. Uh, he's trying to cool him off um, before the fashion show. 
uh, Carrion agrees to go ahead and, you know, put his differences aside for the moment with Milan and focus on doing the fashion show, which is very mature because you guys are going to be in a fashion show in Hollywood. You guys are trying to make a name for yourself. You want to network. You want to be in the vicinity of people with influence. So why would you go in there with some silly drama? You know, so I, I commend Carry On for saying, okay, you know, put those differences aside and yeah, let's go ahead and get the show done. Um, Carry On isn't interested in getting on the bus though. Like everybody's getting on the bus to go to this fashion show. Carry On is like, hell no, I'm good. Milan is on there, the vibe is off. I'm just gonna, you know, hop in the Tahoe and um, and ride in that. I'll just meet you guys at the uh, fashion show. Um, Milan is on the bus and he's voicing how he feels about everything with the carry on situation. And he's going on and on about, you know, how carry on, you know, he looked at, he tried to look out for carry on. When he first met carry on, he thought carry on was homeless and, and all this type of stuff like that. And, you know, just, you know, just being a crybaby. You know, let's, let's, let's call it what it is. Just, just being a freaking crybaby. You have your companies, you're an entrepreneur, you've been on Love and Hip Hop, whatever, whatever, Atlanta or Miami, I don't know what it is. You know, here you're finna go to a, you just recorded a song, you're going to a fashion show. Why do you care about what Carry On says? Like, dude, you mean you are, you put yourself in a situation where people judge you and look at you when you're not, yeah. Why don't you just get your money? But um, while Milan is on the bus telling everybody, you know, how he feels about carrying on, you can look on the bus and tell people really don't give a damn. Um, Gutter K says this is irritating, and then the cast and the cast also seems uninterested um, about the stuff that Milan is getting about. And me as a as a viewer, I'm just like, okay, this is still carrying on from last episode. Okay, Milan, get out your feelings, dude. You, you talk a lot of shit, you do a lot of shit to people, but you can't seem to take it. You know, um, so anyway, they pull up to the red carpet and, you know, they get ready to get, you know, get ready to do their little fashion show thing. Uh, as everyone's getting off the bus, Milan gets off the bus. I don't know if he gets off the bus first or last. I think he gets off the bus first. Now, before he gets off the bus, he is looking crazy, looking out the window. You could tell he has something going through his mind. You know, you, you could tell he's plotting something like it's all in his head, like, he was like tunnel vision of what he needed to do or what he was going to do. So he gets off the bus and he makes a headline to where Carry On was, who was actually taking a selfie with a producer or some lady. He was standing up, you know, taking a selfie with this person. And out of nowhere, Milan runs over there and attacks Carry On. Um, and I'm just like, what? You just talking about your leg not feeling right and all this kind of stuff like this. And this guy, y'all going to a fashion show. Y'all will pull up to this event. And the first thing you do is run off the van to go fight someone. And then looks like the fight got broken up quickly. I don't, I mean, this one may have been staged because security got into it, you know, got in quickly. Um, but, you know, the lady, I guess, drops her phone, I guess, and I guess it's injured or something like that. And, um... Carry on, uh, carry on says, Milan, you have to do more to hurt me. So I don't know if Milan got one good lick in and didn't hurt carry on or whatnot, but you know, security gets in and breaks this up. 
Um, Milan is outside acting all crazy, and Rel is over is over it, and uh, Milan is just really making this about himself. But let's be real here in this situation. If any of you guys actually watch the show, Milan is no know, knows exactly what he's doing. He wants the camera time. He's been on a reality show before. He wants this to be all about him, and he wants to separate himself from the pack. He wants the spotlight on him. If you ever watch this show, there's not many times that uh, Milan shares a camera with anybody. If he is sharing a camera with someone, he takes over the conversation or the situation. I see what you're doing, Milan. Smart guy. I mean, hey, truthfully, if I was on reality TV, I would want to get my, keep my checks going and, and keep them the show about me, too. I, I think a lot of us would be. Um, so I see what you're doing, Milan, but unfortunately for you, you do it in a shitty, sucky way. Um, so uh, there's this big guy who appears to be gay or bisexual, homosexual, LGBTQ+, whatever you want to call it. He has red hair, and he goes by the name of either Wendy or Winnie. I don't know. I could never. I couldn't catch the name. He's a he's a fashion designer. He's putting on this. Uh, red carpet fashion show for um what do you call it um he's doing um charity like this is for charity work for some kids in a neighborhood or the vicinity who needs money to help you know get a football league or something like that going so this fashion show is strictly for charity so you know um he comes over to the bus and he sees the commotion that's going on and he's upset and he's trying to console Milan as they are friends prior to the show and um, and he's basically saying, I get that you're frustrated and stuff like this, but that you're doing this at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and I know I took up for Milan in the previous episodes of my podcast, but it's, it's crazy. Like, okay, Milan, you're 38 years old. Why are you acting like this? You don't, I mean, at 38 years old, you don't know to come to this red carpet show and, and do what you got to do. Get your money and get whatever you have to get. Even if it's just exposure, do that and go home and handle weird metal marbles being loose carry on at home or at another time. Boy, go get your money. You know, you don't want to be showing up as just a problem, you know. Um, so, uh, and then they show, they go to the confessional room, and then, of course, you know, well, not confessional room, but they cut to the confessional. But Anthony is in the confessional and he calls Milan a diva and says he is messing with his bag. Granted, this is a charity event. No one really knows who these people are, who the cast is. But, you know, this is a way of them marketing and networking with other people. So this could potentially hurt their bag. You know, people may say, ooh, I don't want to mess with that cast. They're, they're too messy. They're, they're doing too much. We don't want to do business with you people. You know, I, I can I can see where... Um, you know that where what Anthony is saying about that, and here we go again back to Milan. He's still in timeout and his feelings and huffing and puffing about you know the situation and stuff like that. I'm just like, dude, man. I mean, there must be way more than what we saw on TV because it was like it's really not that serious, you know. I mean, you really looked at my this boy is being like homeless, and you know he shows you that he's not you know your friend or not really cool with you. You should have known that with everybody in the house as you're fake with everyone else too, boy. 
You don't like none of these people. And they don't like you. I don't even think they even like each other. These people are here strictly for themselves. Um. Okay, so uh, Wendy decides to go ahead, the redhead dude um, decides to go ahead and go on with the show. Who, this is his red carpet fashion show. So he goes ahead and he introduced the cast on the red carpet um, without Milan. Milan is nowhere present. It's just the, the, the regular uh, cast here. And I said to myself, oh man, Milan is smart. What a diva. He says, you know what? I'm not going to walk the red carpet with this group. I'm the boss. I'm the main bitch. So yeah, I'm going I'm to stand over here and have a little attitude going on and... Y'all go ahead and go in the building because when that red carpet is free and nobody's on it, guess what? I'm going to make my appearance. Yep. That's what he did. Yep. He let that cast go on. He didn't want to share no red carpet with him. <laughs> um, so the fashion show finally gets underway. The cast has calmed down and is checking out the wardrobe selection. Um, a lot of, I can't. I couldn't really tell, you know, what types of clothes, you know, what name brands these were. I think I did see like a Louis Vuitton belt or something like that. I just did not like the fact that um, it appeared that the cast of this show was not wearing any of Wendy, the designer's clothes, to pr- to, to promote him. Um, everybody, but everybody seems happy about you know their outfit or wherever they're together, except Moolah. Moolah's upset. Um, and he didn't like his outfit and and was asking to change it. Uh, Moolah was in like all black, like like boots and I think they were like jeans or some kind of like black khaki, you know, pants or something. A t-shirt, a black t-shirt and a black like bulletproof vest thing that you see little thug people walking around here wearing. I, mean, I guess that's a style, walk around with a fake bulletproof vest or something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's so he didn't really like that personally. I thought Milan looked the best on the show. He looked, you know, it fitted him. It fitted his, you know, look and his demeanor compared to everybody else. Um, I didn't see anything wrong with it, but you know, I guess Milan wanted, you know, he's also a huge diva in the house, and he had to pout and have, you know, stuff like, you know, act, act like he wasn't feeling everything. So anyway, Rail said Milan is acting. He's doing too much, you know. Um, Gutter also says Milan is too old for this to be acting this way. Um, Arel also said Milan snuck carry on. So you got two queens of the house, two queeny men, sitting around saying that one person in the house is doing too much. The other, is, the, the, that same person is too old. And that you walk around here sneaking people. So they so you know they're 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 beginning to like figure you out, boy. Um, uh, Milan uh, finally joins the cast and gets ready for the runway. You know, Milan likes to wear these big old puffy vest jackets where he can show his arms and his and his abs and things like that, and that's kind of what he puts on. Um, and also, uh, they have a scene where Carry On and Gutter is talking about being held accountable and Gutters tells Carrion he needs to stay true to himself as he is Kirk Franklin's son um granted you know Carrion Franklin and Kirk Franklin are um estranged from one another but he's still you know the seed of Kirk Franklin and he doesn't need any approval from a nobody like Milan 
when a little ghetto bitch comes to you and give you advice like that coming from a person with the word gutter bitch tattooed on their neck they come to you talking and making sense like that you better listen because they're they, you know gutter is weird to me but you know he was 100% right you know he was like hey look you're, you're Kurt Franklin's kid chill out you don't you don't have to prove anything to Milan and be going back and forth with him Milan is trying to use you for his, his own clout um Okay, so they go to this, you know, they, they're talking, whatever, carry on, good, they're talking, they go to another scene where the power goes out, and suddenly, uh, the breaker goes down. Wendy, the host of the event, is kind of freaking out, and everybody else is freaking out, but Wendy is freaking out, but he has someone working on the issue to get everything back up and rolling. Some of the cast members are looking around like they can't believe this has happened, and, you know, they're too good for this. I'm like, okay, dumbasses, yeah. Lights can go out. That just happens, especially when there's a lot of electricity being used for an event. I've worked events with people um, in my life doing security, and I know if there's a lot of things plugged in, a lot of lights, a lot of this, a lot of that, a lot of that, yeah, the power can go out, and it has to be re, re-triggered or something like that. So apparently the host of the event, his dad, um, was working on the breaker to get it fixed. Um, so the lights come back on. And uh, the fashion show finally starts. First out in the, uh, the first person in the fashion show uh, is Carry On. Carry On walks out on the fashion show. I haven't, and I'm going to tell you in, in order how these guys walked out, I have no clue what they were wearing. I mean, I don't know the name of the stuff they were wearing. And to be quite honest, I wasn't really impressed. Um, but, you know, I was impressed with the fact that they were even walking the show, but the stuff they had on, it was just like, okay, I guess. Um, so yeah, Carry On was first to come out, then it was Anthony, um, then Curtis, then Moolah, then Boring As, Vanilla Ice Cream, Vanilla Bean, uh, Dylan walks his ass out, um, Gutter K comes out next, then Rel comes out, Rel had like on a jean, uh, jumpsuit, and he had his arms out and stuff like that, and he was kind of pranked around and turning and stuff like that, and then last was Milan. Um, the funny part about the actual walk was when Moolah came out, when he stepped out, he, first, when he first walked out, he throw, he throws his hands in the air like he wants everybody to get up and like he's a hype man or something like that. And granted, this is his first, uh, fashion show. I've never walked a fashion show. I've been to him, but I've never walked it. But I mean, it would seem normal. It would seem to make sense to just go out there and walk and turn around and come back. But, I don't know, I guess Moolah wanted everybody to be hyped. Even when he wasn't even hyped with his own outfit. How fake is that? Let me tell you, if I'm out here, if I'm in a fashion show and I'm wearing something that I feel is ugly and I don't feel confident in, you think I'm going to go step out and throw my hands in the air and try to get people standing up for me? <laughs> Man, I'm going to go walk this thing, get to get it over with and get on to, into clothes that I like. You know? But anyway, um... Yeah, the fashion show. It was like, eh, whatever. I thought it was going to be more. And then I saw the episode. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, I guess. Um, so after the fashion show, Moolah is still upset after he says he didn't like his outfit. And everyone else, as everyone else is excited about the fashion show and how it uh, how it came out. Um, here we go with Shady Anthony in the confessionals. Uh, he's in the confessional. He says, everyone didn't do well. Okay, Anthony, you're being all shady saying everyone didn't do well. Hmm. 
Now, I remember watching that fashion show, and the first person I know who, who didn't do all that great was you. For one, the stuff you picked out, it didn't look great. Two, you have a big face, and you got these big old lips, and then you have this thing with these big old glasses on top of your, on, on your face. <sighs> yeah. You, you, you don't need to critique anybody on their style and look, because you're, you're not all that. You, you look better when you do less. And a lot of people don't understand that. You have all these you know, people out here who do a lot and they think, oh, I look great, no, 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 no. But a lot of people don't realize some people look better doing less. You know, some people can put on a whole, a whole entire outfit and it doesn't fit them and they can go back and change and bust out that room in a pair of jeans, sneakers, a white tin and a fitted and boom, it fits. Um, but for Anthony going to confessional and say all that, I, I didn't really like that. He needed to shut his ass up, truthfully. Um, anyway, uh, Gutta and Dylan in this are in the kitchen, and in this episode, it shows in the confessional that Gutter called Dylan the weird smelling boy. <laughs> when Gutter said that, I busted out laughing because as soon as I saw those two in the kitchen talking, like for one, it was awkward. I'm like, okay. I don't think Gutter would give this person the time of day to even be seen with. And they're all of sitting talking. And when they shoot to, to Dylan, he still has this long red line on his face. And he just, ugh, he just looks like, uh, he just, ugh, he, uh, he just looks like trailer trash. And I'm sorry, you know, if I offended someone for saying that, but you know, this is my podcast. If I get, you know, deemed or whatever for it, hey, I own up to it. But Dylan looked like flat out trailer trash ugh he looks like he smells like a wet dog and that's what I, I know that's what Gutter wanted to say he wanted to say he didn't want to say weird smelling boy but he know he's on TV and he didn't want to pull any racist, racist cards but he wanted to say I'm sitting in this damn kitchen early in the morning with this little white boy who smells like a damn wet dog that's what he wanted to say <laughs> oh man but you know I thought that was funny because I was thinking the same thing, and I wouldn't even know on the show. Um, but anyway, Curtis Curtis comes in and joins Gutter and Dylan, the weird smelling boy, in the kitchen, and they're drinking in the morning. And I'm like, whoa, guys, y'all starting the day off drinking alcohol. Ooh, okay. Um, go right ahead. No breakfast, no nothing. Just go right, go right to drinking. But hey, I guess. Um. Gutter's talking about the fight between Quick Carry-On and Milan, and he, and he calls the fight weak, um, which I totally agree, and it was extended and long and just stupid. Um, okay, uh, next, you, you have Milan and Mula. They're talking about Carry-On. You have the two bossy people in the house, the two, I want camera time on me, I want to make it all about me, sitting here talking, sharing the camera together. Um, Milan denies that he ever tried to touch Carrion and thought he looked homeless at first glance. Milan felt disrespected and wanted to fight on sight. Because um, if you guys remember the last episode, Carrion alleged that uh, Milan tried to quote unquote fuck on him or whatever. Like, you know, basically try to have sex with him or try to get him out of his pants or do something sexual or whatever. And carry on was a feeling Milan and Milan is denying those claims um what do you guys think I need to I would love to do a poll um on this I need to try to figure out how to do that but like what do you guys think do you guys think carry on 
Uh, Milan tried to come on to carry on at any point in the house. Do you think carry on is lying or Milan is lying by saying, by denying these claims? I personally feel, um, I feel that Milan is lying. I feel I 100% believe carry on. I think Karen is weird as hell, but I do I do believe him when he says uh, Milan tried to tried to get with him. Um, Milan is an opportunist. Um, once Milan said that he thought Karen was homeless and probably figured out the boy was you know was a little unstable and going through some stuff, but was still the son of Kirk Franklin and wasn't a bad looking guy. I, I I think Milan probably wanted a piece to see what he was about. Truthfully, I really do. Um, so no. I don't believe Milan. I think Carry On was 100% true. Um, getting on with this show. Um, let's see. Where am I at now? Okay, so to the next scene, you see Anthony, Carry On, and Ralph sitting by the pool drinking. Anthony says the fight was stupid. Carry On says the fight with Milan was very random as he was talk, uh, taking pictures with the producer on the red carpet. Um, Anthony says he's getting sick of Milan. Real calls Milan a snake and says shady stuff and thinks everyone should shine in their areas of expertise, which I agree with Real. Um, you know, if you're a music producer or a party promoter or a rapper or a singer or whatever this is, if y'all are having an event and one of the people in that, in that uh, group is famous for doing what y'all's task is, you should respect that person and let them take the lead. You know, so I kind of agree with that. And, um, you know, with, with what Rail was saying, um, Rail is kind of getting aggravated with this and he decides that he wants to have a house meeting. So Rail calls a house meeting and Gutta, you know, hates a house meeting and stuff like that. Um, or whatever. But anyway, Rail calls it and wants Milan and carry on to apologize. Um, so. Rail and Anthony are basically holding this house meeting and as we see in the previous uh, scene, Anthony Rail and Carrion are sitting by the pool and Carrion, I mean Anthony is basically trying to talk up against Milan but as you see here in this um, house meeting when Milan is present, Anthony kind of backtracks and tries to say that ask Carrion is, you know, if he felt that he said anything out the way to uh, Milan, you know, it, it, it did seem like he tried to like uh, back carry on up against the wall, like you know, like you was just saying this one thing about this guy, but here you are trying to make me out to be the bad guy or whatever. And carry on feels Anthony is flip flopping, um, but Anthony also asks Milan the same thing. He's like, do you think you say anything offensive to carry on or, or, or whatever? So I'm glad that he did that because if he didn't. I was going to really like Anthony even less. I'm like, okay, so you're calling out Carrie on the same guy you just had a conversation with. And the guy who was just talking shit about by the pool, you're letting him slide in this house meeting. Okay. Um, so I'm glad he actually stood up and did that. Milan says it's not his nature to start shit with anyone. He says Carrie on has mental issues. Um, I'm thinking, dude, you, you've been in the house with this guy this long and you just realize that Carrie on is not right in the head. Either carry on is mentally ill or on drugs or both. Mixed with alcohol. Mixed with behavior issues. Mixed with he needs his... He doesn't need a whooping, a beating. He needs an ass whooping. It seems like he's missed his butt cuts as a child. 
You know, he just like he just seemed like he just missed those. It's like you know his child, his upbringing, like there's no one to like raise him. He just seemed like he wasn't raised. Like he was just raised on his own. That's what it just kind of comes off as. Um, Carry on calls Milan a manipulator in this house meeting and invites him to come out from behind the table because Milan is you know standing behind this table um, talking in this house meeting, which I thought was smart on him because you know you just jumped this guy last night with his back turned as he was taking a fucking selfie and here you are in a house meeting standing behind a table you know you needed in a barrier what a sissy punk Milan is and unfortunately he got the right one because carry on's a weak ass punk too um so uh um, restraining himself because he okay yeah but uh, Milan also says that you know he's going to start restraining himself against carry on because he feels carry on is just off and just not right in the head I'm like oh yeah should have been figuring that out boy you're old enough to realize you have to judge you have to you're not supposed to judge people out loud per se but in your mind you're going to judge people and everybody that you're around you know how to take them and you know what to do you think a person is a little unhinged a little off you treat them accordingly yeah. Um, Milan also says in this house meeting that Carrion looked defenseless, you know, prior to this, this, which is why he came to his to his aid. And I guess this really pissed Carrion off because he doesn't want to, you know, look like a weakling, which he really is in this house. Um, and Rel says no one is the leader in this house. And when Rel said that, if, you know, if you look at Milan's face, you can tell. Milan wanted to say something about that, but he knew that he may not want to come off that way with everybody in the house just sitting right there, coming off of a fight. You can tell he was plotting because in his mind he is the leader. But you know, Rel was like, "Hey, look, there's no leader in this house. Um, we all just here." And I can tell Milan didn't like that because Milan is very seems narcissistic on this show. Um, so carry on and Milan are kind of exchanging words or whatever. Carry on runs up on Milan and um and it shows where Carry on like ran up on him and then the scene and he kind of like got to where the table was and then kind of stopped. And my thing is like this guy Carry on ran up on you when your back was turned. He's hit other people in the house when they had their back turned. Um why are you going to run up on him when y'all in an argument get to the table and then just stop and look at him this dude is not afraid of you as a matter of fact carry on nobody's afraid of you you're playing these little mind games with people these people are not afraid of you in the least bit you're playing mind games with yourself you should have as a man you should have went and just swung on his ass if the table fell whatever or if you were smart enough you should have waited to the to the Till the uh, little house meeting was over and Milan came up behind the table, and then you should have bust his ass open. This is the same dude who snuck you and been sneaking people and talking all kind of shit, and you're gonna come to a meeting hiding behind a table. What a wuss. Both of these, both of them are wusses. And truthfully, Rail should have beat both of their asses because he, he fought Dylan and Will. William, I guess the guy's name, the big old fat white guy who was on the show previously, fought those two because of. They couldn't fight each other, you know, or whatever. He didn't like how it was. And he think, thought both their asses needed to be whooped. 
Truthfully, carry on in Milan's asses needs to be whooping that episode. Milan needed his ass whooped from sneaking people all the time. Carry on needed his ass whooped for talking shit all the time and not being able to back it up. You know, that's how I feel. If you're in this house, this is just how you should do it. So they, you know, the scene ends with that, and then they, you know, they cut to the next week's episode, and it looks like Milan beats up Carry on again, and then it show a confessional where Rail is asked Carry on is like, hey, you know. Why are, you, why are you always getting beat up? You might just need to stop fighting. You know, type thing. Which I agree. Carry on. Shut the fuck up. Shut up these I'm trying to be the joker of the thing type place. Pay your motherfucking bills. Pay your court fees. Uh, you know, realize if your car is in your name or not. You know, if you out here driving a car that's not registered in your name, you need to focus on that. Don't be focusing on what Milan and all these people are thinking. Boy, you are fucked up. You are fucked up from the flow up. Your daddy don't want nothing to do with you. Your mom don't, your family don't want nothing to do with you. You're out here on drugs. You're dealing with people who dying and, and dying from overdose and stuff like this. And you're trying to play mind games. Boy, you need to get your damn life together. I mean, none of us are perfect. We all have our issues. But you are focusing on the wrong motherfucking stuff. And some people may say, oh, Shane, you're too hard. Or you're too harsh. And hey, sh- Whatever. Sometimes you have to be harsh in life to make it through. Because if not, you're going to keep on the same old petty bullshit. You know, I remember when I was in the law enforcement academy, I remember, excuse me, the criminal justice academy, my lieutenants were the meanest people I ever met in my life. I couldn't believe how mean and, and harsh and upfront they was when I wanted to fail or I was falling by the wayside and made me a strong officer and after the fact what came to be some of the coolest people I ever met um, you know some of the coolest people I ever met when I realized oh wait a minute you helped instill discipline in, in, into me or you helped me find my discipline that I thought I you know lost so I appreciate that so I think you know carry on he needs that friend to say just what I said I would be cool with carry on I would call him out on his stuff and hopefully he calls me out on my stuff I would say look dude you're doing the most you, you need to get your life together you know, you go to rehab, do what you got to do, make amends with your family. If they accept it at the moment, that's good. If not, plant the seed, move on with your life, find your happiness, find your spot, you know, stop focusing on the people. Um, you know, if you're gay or bisexual or non-conforming or whatever these little, little weird things going on that, you know, people use these days, then that's just who you are. You know, just live your life, man. You got to find your happiness. You're getting too old to be walking around here sad and things about your dad and stuff like this. Like, man, make your own way is what I would tell this guy. But that's the end of this show. I can't wait till next season. And you got to stay tuned for the other half of my show where I talk about um, normal lying and pathological liars and those types of people in your everyday life. See you guys on the next episode. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining me again on the second half of the Halliburton Show with Shane Ahmad. On the last episode, I was talking about the uh, Bad Boys of L.A., Season 1, Episode 6 review. Um, On the second half of the show, I am going to talk about um, 
something that's been on my mind a lot lately, and it's uh, pathological logic, pathological liars uh, versus normal lying. I will sit here and you know kind of talk about the differences between the two, um, and knowing when there is a problem with someone or yourself or whatever, when you have noticed a pattern in uh, in lying. Um, or whatever so I just want to get down into it pathological liar is not a mental disorder um, but it's a behavioral disturbance hidden inside of a disorder such as antisocial personality and brain um, brain damage from alcohol called the uh, Korsakoff syndrome so faced with that with that being said there's no medicine out there that can help someone not lie it's kind of it's a behavioral thing it's a defense mechanism it, you know, what can be used as a defense mechanism um, or whatever uh, type of thing. Um, pathological lies also refers to people who who tell multiple outrageous lies, elaborate details on unbelievable stories, and when questioned on the lies, will lie even more, simply having a need to impress people. Do you know anyone or any persons in your life who who lies for free have you guys ever heard of that saying oh child i ain't gonna pay him no attention because he lied for free you ever heard somebody say that i remember when i was younger and i was playing my games you know going to the dating world and stuff like this this one you know i remember being told that you know that i was out here lying for free and I remember thinking to myself, what the hell do you mean? Then I realized, oh, wait a minute. I think I'm getting away with these lies, and I'm not getting away with these stupid lies. I look like a fool. So I need to start cleaning up my act. You know, I'm 34 now. I probably was in my early 20s um, when I, you know, was told that and realized that to change it up. But unfortunately, some people don't care. And they can just continue, continually lie. Um... Which is which is kind of sucky. Um, there are three types of lies. Three types of lies. Excuse me. Uh, one is the normal lie. Two is the prolific lie. And three, it's the pathological lie. Um, the normal lie is kind of like you know we you know the normal like when you say we tell somebody. You know, it's, you know, they can be, you know, like, you could say a nice lie, you know, like, like, oh, you know, you, you, you know, thank you for that. Thank you for, you know, giving me that chocolate cake. Although in your mind, you're thinking, I don't like chocolate cake. Chocolate cakes are gross, but you don't want to lie. You don't want to, I mean, you don't want to, excuse me, like, you don't want to tell the person, oh, you're, you're, what you're doing to me was, you know. Like, basically, you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You want to protect. That's why I said earlier, you know, lies can be used as a defensive mechanism. Um, and some people use that. Either it's a nice lie or a protective lie, or you can lie on gifts, or you can lie to um, save a secret. Like, you know, your friend, your homegirl, she maybe, you know, stopped drinking all of a sudden at parties, and everybody's wondering why she stopped drinking. And, you know, you're thinking, like, well, she stopped drinking because she's, you know, you know, practicing Lent right now. When you know that she stopped drinking because she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, and also lies to children. Like you can, you know, 
parents may lie to the children. We all know the big lie. Oh, if you're being bad this year, Santa Claus is not going to bring you anything. You know, that kind of thing. Or, oh, if you go if you go in that closet after I close it, the boogeyman is going to come out and get you. Knowing that no boogeyman is going to come out and get them, but you're lying to this kid uh, to instill fear in them, to gain control, and have them not go in your closet and mess it all up again. So you get into their head and, and freak them out. Um, prolific lies are big lies daily such as lying to a spouse or family like say for instance you know you may a a man may tell his wife oh i was at work all day or i got up you know i had to work overtime at work when in actuality you got off early and you decided to go hang out at the bar or at the gym or go to your buddy's house to, to, to drink and eat and smoke or you go into someone's house to cheat on them you know that's like a big uh that's like a that's a prolific lie. That's a little a little bit bigger than a little white lie. Um, or you know you're lying about your your health status or your you know your money or you know things like that. You know just when it it adversely affects another person. Now the pathological lies are just compulsive lies. Um, lies that they cause anxiety if they don't lie. You know, a pathological liar may get anxiety if they cannot lie or use the lies to compensate for obsessional thinking they have. Meaning, a pathological liar may be living in the ghetto, living in the hood, working a little boring nine-to-five job, but in, in their mind and in their world, they don't want to believe this. So they're going to say, so they're going to tell their friends, oh, I work for a Fortune 500 company from home. And, you know, I'm making, you know, six figures. And, um, you know, oh, I have this and I have that. Or I know this person. I know that person. And, you know, this, you know, this pathological liar will just tell you stuff that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Then you start to begin to to notice a pattern with them. And pathological liars are also known to uh, infringe on people's intelligence. When you meet a pathological liar and you know that they're lying, this person does not think high of you. You know why they don't think high of you? Because they're lying in your face and they don't think you're smart enough to detect their lies or to call them out. But in actuality, you don't really want to confront this person. Or two, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Or three, you feel this person has a a problem that is not yours to solve. Um, I mean, I think we've all met somebody who would just lie and lie and lie. Like, I, I mean, you, you, you may have friends, you may have co-workers, you may have family members, uh, churchgoers, you know, people who just lie. I, I, I know, I know a few now who will just lie to your face and, and then they get back into a corner and they, and they just keep lying. And you can always, if you ever want to back a compulsive liar back into the corner, you do your research first. You start notating things that they say start writing down you start doing your research and then when they start to get back on that lie you start challenging them challenging them 
um, you know, you start to challenge them on their lives. Um, and the biggest thing is with me personally, like I know a person who I feel just lies just for no reason. They lie to make themselves seem more appealing or better, or maybe they're low self-esteem, you know, have low self-esteem or, you know, you know to, to make themselves, you know, be as, you know, larger than what they, you know, what they're trying to come off as. Um, this one person that I know will just lie about their past and the people they know or the people they dated or, you know, or had romantic involvements with or, you know, I've noticed every time, you know, you talk about a celebrity or someone, you know, you know, you like in Hollywood, you know, somehow they met this person or they know this person's dad and, you know, they criticize this person. And also, uh, pathological liars are known to be very narcissistic. They will lie and gain control of a, of a conversation to all bring it back around them. These type of people, you have to sit back and watch. Yeah. These types of people, you have to sit back and watch. I remember going out to dinner with someone and I noticed this about that, that person. Every time we would talk about something um, that had nothing to do with either one of us, we were just having a regular conversation. It all had to refer back to them like, oh yeah, you know, I did this before too and, and this, this, this and that and this and this and I'm thinking, okay, you seem to have done a lot for your short time on this earth. Like, there's, it's impossible because if I start going on a timeline of stuff or start writing down the stuff, you're going to have to come up with some with some explaining to do for your lives because if not, you know, you're you're bullshitting. You are a capping. You're a capping. Like, you're a bullshitter. But I remember sitting at this table with this person. I remember thinking to myself, okay, you know, I don't necessarily care enough to confront them. I know a good, I know judgment. I know, I, I'm pretty good judgment of a person's character. And I know when a person is lying, usually. Especially when it's excessive. And let's all be real here. When a person is acting like they come from money or they have been exposed to money, but when you meet them and they look like they're struggling and they're driving a hoopty, oh, they're probably lying. Yep, they're probably lying and, and is embarrassed about the situation they're in and they're just lying. Yeah. Any of you all ever met a lady who, who talked about being engaged to a rich man or something like that and, and walked away with nothing? She don't have a ring. She don't got no money. You know, still living in an apartment, rooming with someone. Um, you know, and then when you actually, you know, you know, you know, you know, information on the details of, on her engagement, they all fall flat. Uh, she's probably lying. And you have to start watching what, and then with this person, you're going to start watching what you say to them. Because this person is a liar. They're not your friend. They're narcissistic. And they think they're better than you, even if they have to lie to make themselves feel better than you. Because in actuality, they have low self-esteem and they think you're better than them, but they don't want to come off that way. Have you ever met someone who tried to make their job out to be bigger than what it really was just because you had a nice job and they wanted to feel on status to you or, or try to act like they're making more money than you and things like that. 
but but yet again, you know, you walk around with your hair not done, you know, or you know, your, your car is busted, or you know, you're kind of wearing boring clothes, or you're kind of, um, what do you want to call it? You're kind of feeling entitled to people to pay for your meal. You know, those are the kind of people you have to watch. Um, and if you're that kind of person listening to this, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this. You think you're getting over on people, but really you're getting over yourself. Because a lot of these lies that you're telling and stuff like this, people know better. People know better. People do research on you. People may know uh, people may know more about you from other people they may not even mention to you. Because when you start lying and stuff like that, yeah, people their ears start to their ears start to go up. You know, hey, I remember I worked with this one lady. She, uh, you know, back to engagement. She she talked about being engaged to a millionaire, and he bought her a car, a um, a fancy car, and stuff like this. And um, he bought her a nice uh, wedding band, and all this, and all this kind of stuff. And you know, he took her all over the world, and and things like that. And I said, oh really? I said, man, that sounds fun. You have any, you know, you have any pictures of this? Now, in, at the time, I'm thinking, oh, you know, that sounds real good. But when I ask her pictures, she starts to look a little weird, like, like, oh, I don't, I don't have any pictures. I don't have any pictures to show you. And I'm thinking, so you mean to tell me you don't been all the world this person? They done bought you a nice fancy ring. They done bought you um, a, a nice fancy car. You don't have a picture of any of this. You don't even have a picture of you and the person. And by the way, it's not just one person that's done this. You're talking about several people that have done this to you. And you have no proof of it. Bitch, you're lying. You're lying. You're, you're lying for nothing. I came to your section to talk and be nice with you, and you're just blatantly lying in my face. Did I call her out on it? No, not at the moment. But uh, when she started doing it again, I remember asking her details on, okay, oh, oh, really? He bought you this kind of car? Or, you know, or, you know, you went this place or you got this kind of ring? And I started asking for details on the ring, and the, girl, and the lady couldn't explain none of it. And I felt like if I was talking to her over the phone, that she probably would have gotten her computer and would have Googled the answers. Yeah, if you if you're interacting with these people or if you have if you're dealing with these these people, these types of people, the best thing to do, if you don't want nothing to do with them again or you want to limit your access with them, you say this, you say these words here. You say, I say, whoa, you say something like, man, lady or woman. You man, you have some really wild stories. You know, I, I'm and say, oh, if I'm gonna believe that, you're gonna have to, you're gonna show me some pictures or something. Because if not, I don't know. You 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 got some crazy stories. Yeah, that is a very subtle way of saying, bitch, you lying. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> really? Like you come up with all this lying shit? Like you a liar? You are a cat? That's what that is saying. Um. And I guarantee you that person will shut down and they won't have anything to do with you. And they'll go off and try to manipulate and lie to someone else who will believe their bullshit. Yep, that's exactly what they'll do. But enough of that.
So I want to get into something else. I didn't even do research on this, so I'm going to just kind of freehand this topic. I wanted to talk about the the Zendaya kid, the little the 14 year old uh, child of Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. Um, Zendaya, who was born a male but wants to be referred to as a female and, you know, um, at 14 years old, um, was seen uh, last week taking in in a picture kissing what appears to be a male. Um, After doing, you know, after listening to stories on it, Zendaya, who likes to be referred to as a female um, pronouns, um, was kissing a white male who wants to be referred to in, in male pronouns, but was also born female. So this is my podcast. I said it the socially correct way, the politically correct way. So now I'm going to say it in the way that I read it. And some of my listeners may read it this way as well. So Zandaya, who was born a boy, who but now wants to be a you know wants to be a be a girl is dating a white girl who was who who was born a girl but wants to be referred to and looked at as a man and they're 14 years old and they're seen kissing on camera and stuff like that um and a lot of people are outraged with it um with this personally i feel you know even me i i was honestly fast when i was younger um, I was exposed to a lot at an early age. So at 14 years old, I had already, been, I've years had my first kiss. Um, so unfortunately for my generation and older generation, there are cell phones and things in this these new generation. There's cameras everywhere. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be caught that has been going on for many, many, many years. Now we're just able to see it. So like, Personally, I don't think that was a big of a deal. To me, the bigger issue is how fucked up these kids, you know, these these two people are. You know, um, you know, you're you're born a you're born a boy, but you want to you know be referred to as a woman, and all this type of stuff. And then then the, then the person you're dating or kissing was born a female, but but wants to be referred to as a woman. So biologically, you have a person with a penis who wants to be the feminine role dating another person with a vagina who wants to play the male role. And they're 14 years old and they're mixed coupled. And this guy is being raised by his dad and his stepmom. Where is this boy's real mother? What does his, oh, this girl, Zendaya, and I'm just saying that to be politically correct because to be quite honest with you, when you are born a male, you're always going to be a male to me. You Like T.S. Madison. Much respect to T.S. Madison. I like to watch the show. Very funny. You know, very, you know, very talented entertainer. But T.S. Madison will always be a man to me. But to be respectful and polite, if you want to, if she, he wants me to refer to him as a she or whatever, then I will. But in my head, you are a weird old man dressed up and looking like a woman and trying to, you know, live his life as a lady. And that's you. That's what you want to do. But don't get mad at me with how I perceive stuff. 
let me perceive how I want to perceive and you live your life the best way you know how. If you want to wear dresses and stuff like this, you live it and you do it. But if people are going to think of you as a man, then let, I mean, it is what it is. A lot of those types of people don't realize how strange all of this is to people. I mean, it's really weird to some, but it's extremely strange. Like, you have a 14-year-old kid who was born a male and is given the opportunity to live his life as a female. What? That is nuts. I mean, this is weird. You know, um, not, you know, my thing is, you know, I don't, I don't see, you know, you know, if he's gay or bisexual, whatever it is, you know, it's nothing no one can really do about that, to be quite honest. But, you know, to allow him to go by that at that age is a little weird. I think if it was me as a parent, I would have said, okay, we know you feel this way about yourself. Um, I am not giving you any money to, you know, go all out with this, you know, um, I'm not going to give you any money for like pills and all this kind of stuff like that. Um, if you want to wear girl, if you want to I'm sorry about that, guys. I got a phone call that messed me all up. I have to go back and fix it. But anyway, uh, back to the Zendaya, wherever the kid's name is. I just feel that uh, if you if you're that little kid wants to live his life, at, you know, 14 years old, you want to live your life as a female. I think um, if that was me as the parent, I would, you know, understand my kid, you know, clearly is gay and all this kind of stuff like that. But um, I wouldn't make him feel bad about it. I wouldn't, you know, say mean things to him. I would just say... I'm still your parent. I'm still in charge of your upbringing. You need, I feel you need to live, it, live your life more before I start giving you money or allowing you to do hormone treatments or walking out of here in, in, a, in a skirt and purse with a skirt on and wearing a purse and makeup and wanting to be referred to as a, as a female um, because I know how this society is. Granted, it's, you know, it's, it's getting more acceptable but you're 14 years old and um, I'm going to protect my child. And, you know, hey, to be quite honest, if my kid wants to dress up in the house and do weird stuff, I would not care for it. But I would rather him do it in the house, not on camera, not in public. You know, you know I was like, OK, once you go out in public, then it gets weird and people start taking pictures, especially when you're a celebrity. Um, I just wonder what uh, Zendaya's real birth mom thinks of this um it's to me it's it's all it's all it's all a little strange um do i think it's strange to see a 14 year old kissing no because they do that i mean some people i mean i probably had my first kiss when i was five you know yeah i went to a daycare with some wild kids and yeah so yeah so like at 14 it's like whatever but you know it's just to me it gets into the psychological mindset of these 14-year-olds who were born one way and want, and want to, you know, think that, oh, I'm really a man trapped in a woman's body, or I'm really a, ma- a woman trapped in a man's body, you know, type thing. It's, to me, it's, it's strange. It's, to me, it's, it's strange, and it's identity issues, and it's all, it also, it, it almost comes off as self-hate, 
like you don't even like yourself. You know, so if you don't even like yourself, you know, how do you know, you know, how are you expecting other people to really take you? You know, but whatever. At the end of the day, they live their life. They're rich. They do what they want to do. I just think it's, it goes far beyond the kiss to you have this black boy born a boy but wants to be referred to as a woman and comes off as a woman and uses female pronouns dating a white girl who was born a girl but wants to be referred to as male at 14 years old and they're kissing and stuff like that it's weird it's it is it is news of the weird news of the weird but at the same time lucky for that boy he has um parents who I guess understand or sympathize or let him live his life I guess that's a rich person thing because as we've seen uh, another rich famous basketball player uh, Matthew Matthew Johnson wherever I think his name yeah yeah the uh, basketball player from the Lakers his son um, he has a son who came out many years ago as being part of the LGBTQ plus community and he's a boy who refers to himself as a boy. He's very large. He's six foot two and, and is the big guy. And he walks around in heels and makeup and carries big name brand designer purses. And, um, you know, carries himself off as a lady. But, you know, he considers himself a guy. So, you know, it's, he got a lot of weird stuff. You know, weird stuff going on. But, um... I will say this, although I think there's a lot of weird stuff going on, I personally will not treat any of these people any different than anyone else. Do I think they're weird? Yeah. Do Does people think I'm weird? They probably do. Do we all have something weird about us? Yeah, we do. You know, but I, I believe in being a gentleman and having respect, you know, respect. And yeah, and treat these people just, just you know, accordingly. As long as they don't start disrespecting me, you know. I see people like that in public. You know, they speak, I speak. If you know, um, yeah, they're just you know regular people. So whatever. But would I want to my child living, you know, coming off doing that kind of stuff? No, I wouldn't. If my kid came out doing that, what would I do? I probably would deal with it, but I would also tell my child. I get where you're coming from, kind of, but at the, end of the, at the end of the day, you're going to have to wait until you're a certain age to go that go to that level that you're trying to. You're not going to go to that level in my house, no sir, no, no, no not at all. Um, you can you can tell me what you want to do. We you know, I can meet you halfway on some stuff, but no, you're not going to walk out walk out of the house looking like a girl. Sorry. Or being telling everybody that you're a girl and all this kind of stuff. Nope, nope, nope. Not on my watch. I'll say I get, I get, I get you're gay and stuff like this, but you're 14 years old. You take them weird looking clothes off, and you go put on the clothes that I, that, I, that I bought you, and they don't have to be the most thuggish, thuggish clothes. You can be the most preppiest, Hollister preppy boy you can find until you turn 18 years old. When you turn 18 years old, then you can start wearing them, their hair and makeup and all that kind of stuff. And that's when my, you know, I'll have to start, you know, figuring out how to deal with this. But um, I just think that little kid is being too damn grown for his age. 
like a lot of these other Hollywood um, celebrity children, just too damn grown. But yeah, guys, that's enough for this podcast for the day. I have talked your head off. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, it is Monday. Hope you guys have a great start to the week. If you have any upcoming battles in the week, I pray God's strength. Um, I pray peace and and pray clarity to you in whatever you're facing or doing this week. And just realize that you will get to the end of the week. Sometimes you have to take things day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. But until next time, next time, guys, I appreciate it. Thank you, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.